Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 79 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mixmax. With Mixmax, you know exactly who opened your email and when. Schedule meetings in one email with the Google Calendar integration. Templates and sequences mean you can create the perfect email with one click. Other features include built-in automatic reminders and integrations with leading CRM providers. To save time and get more out of Gmail, head on over to MixMax.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the uh, blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Learn more and take advantage of the Black Friday weekend special at techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys, on today's episode, we go back in time to episode 12 where we talk to Samantha Stone, who is the author of Unleash Possible, about how to grow your business and get more clients with strategic content marketing. Specifically, works will explore how to set up an editorial calendar and how that can save time and help you stay consistent. Plus, Paco gives an update on his PPC strategy, and I talk about coming back to work after a couple weeks away, which is very timely because I'm away right now. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, except not this coming Thursday because I'll still be away. Uh, Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. All right, guys, so uh, I am pre-recording this intro because I am going to be away this week, so uh, I do still want to keep the consistent weekly podcast coming out. So this week, we're going to go back in time to uh, an archived uh, episode, way back to episode 12. And uh, in that episode, we talk all about creating a content calendar, staying consistent with your content marketing. And the reason I'm uh, specifically sharing this uh, episode is that um, this weekend, so we're talking about the weekend after Thanksgiving in the United States, which is uh, November 23rd through the 26th, basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, I'm going to be running a special on Tech Blog Builder special discount where you can get 50% off for the first three months of your subscription to Tech Blog Builder. That is a super crazy deal. And I've also introduced a couple new um, new plans with Tech Blog Builder. So not only can you get your blog posts written on a consistent basis, but you can also get social media posts and videos created around those blog posts. So there's a lot of great stuff to to check out now at Tech Blog Builder, along with this great deal. Um, so this kind of transitions right into uh, the uh, the the sponsor message. So so that's what I'm going to say about Tech Blog Builder. Go on over to the website if you're listening to this between November 23rd and 26th. Take advantage of that discount. Otherwise, it's still a great uh, deal. So um, the the price is great even when it's not discounted. So check that out at TechBlogBuilder.com. Um, you can use that to help you with your editorial calendar that we're going to talk about uh, today in the 
uh, interview with Samantha Stone. We talk a lot about how to stay consistent with content. Tech Blog Builder is a perfect complement to that. So that's kind of why I tried to schedule both of these things happening at the same time. So stick around for that. Also want to remind you to uh, sign up for the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is where you can get your weekly digest of tips and tricks about how to market your computer business. Just head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and sign up for the newsletter there. Okay. Um, and then finally, just want to mention uh, Mixmax, which is our other sponsor. Mixmax, uh, you know, is a great, we've, we've talked about it before, but it's a great way to help you get the most out of your Gmail. So if you're like me, if you're like most people, you use Gmail. If you're like me, I work out of Gmail. So I don't even use Outlook or any kind of third-party mail app. I love the Gmail interface. So I work exclusively in Gmail. Mixmax is perfect for me. It helps uh, save me time and uh, give me extra insights into what's happening with my emails because it can tell me who's opened my emails and when. Uh, It can tell me how many times my emails have been opened, what links have been clicked. I can also schedule meetings and provide like a meeting calendar. So the cool thing is if I have some certain dates and times that I want to have someone choose in my, uh, in an email, I can, I can select those dates in the calendar, those dates and times, send it in the email and it shows up in this nice grid to my clients and they can, you know, pick the time that they want. And it sets that up uh, automatically in Google calendar. It's a really slick feature. I haven't mentioned that yet um, on, on our ad spots for Mixmax. So I thought I'd mention that. That's very cool. Um, you can create email templates and sequences automatically. Also reminders. So uh, Google uh, just recently rolled out a, uh, a snooze feature um, for Gmail. But uh, the Mixmax reminder feature takes the snooze feature and puts it on steroids. It lets you really set up different times. You can snooze or, or remind yourself about an email if someone replies or if if it hasn't been replied or uh, if someone replies, then it can stop the reminder. Or you can say you want it to remind you still, even if someone doesn't reply. Lots of little kind of nuances like that are available in the uh, in the Mixmax version of that. Um, there's also uh, integrations with Salesforce and Pipedrive CRM, CRM if you use those. And uh, they have rules and workflow automation we've talked about where you can kind of uh, set up rules like if someone clicks this link, then do this. Otherwise, then send this email. Otherwise, then send this email. So there's some intelligent workflows that you can set up. It's all very cool, all very easy to use. You can get all of that plus lots of other stuff in the Mixmax bundle. Just head on over to Mixmax.com. Let them know that the uh, Computer Business Marketing Show sent you. You can get started for free. And, uh, and then sign up for one of their pro plans, which is uh, very affordable. I'm on the pro plan. I'm not just on the free plan for Mixmax, and I love it. So, you know, uh, like some of, the, um, some of the sponsors we're trying to get on the show, both Paco and I used Mixmax before we ever even considered them being a sponsor of the show. And that's how we like to bring on sponsors. We like to use a product, you know, be using it in our business and then say, hey, by the way, you know, hey, Mixmax, we use your product. We love it. Why don't you be a sponsor? So that's kind of the way we try to roll here on the show. So please check out Mixmax. Just give it a give it a spin uh, and see if you like it, see what it's all about. And uh, I'm sure you will like it. So there you go. Those are the sponsors. That's what's going on. So I'm going to kick it over to the uh, the recording of the past show of the Computer Business Marketing Show. I'll see you next week for another replay. And then the following week after that for the next live show of the Computer Business Marketing Show. All right, guys, enjoy this one.
So the featured topic today, we're excited to have Samantha Stone, who has been waiting patiently for us to uh, uh, get through all of our, our updates and stuff. And let me tell you a little, about, a little bit about Samantha. She is the author of Unleash Possible. It's a book, uh, a marketing playbook that drives sales. And uh, it's, she is a, uh, she, what's known as a, a revenue catalyst who helps unleash the possible in organizations that have complex selling processes. Um, so she's a fast growth, growth B2B marketing junkie, speaker, consultant, and persona coach who has also managed to find time to raise four boys with her husband, David, and that's no small feat. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, we'll let her kind of get into her background and, and um, you know, what she's been up to and how she got to the point she is now. But I'd just like to welcome Samantha. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to come here. I love talking about marketing and growing businesses. Uh, and so do we. How to do that, right? So <laughs> um, it's actually been really fun to listen in on your conversation and hear a little bit about what both of you have been up to and um, and the work that you've been doing. So thanks, thanks for having me here. Yeah, no problem. So uh, before we get diving into the topic, uh, we'd love to just have you tell us a little bit about your background and, um, you know, the Cliff's Notes version of what got you here to where you are today and what you are doing these days. That's great. I'll try and be short about it. Um, so I have spent my career, I actually have a degree in economics. I did not intend to go into marketing, um, but marketing found me. Um, and it found me by way of technology companies. So I spent um, early parts of my career working for um, many different types of technology companies. I've worked for some big ones like SAP, but I've also helped launch companies to market for the first time. So where we had no customers yet, we had a product and we needed to go out um, almost all exclusively in the technology space, both services as well as um, product companies. And um, along the way, I learned a lot of lessons. I laid a lot of mistakes. I had successes, and I got better and better about what we were doing. And about five years ago, I launched a marketing consulting practice because I loved my work, um, and I loved what I did, but I needed a little bit more variety in my life, um, and I wanted to be able to serve a number of different organizations and spend a little less time on the internal politics that comes with working within a structured organization. So I still do all the work that I love. I just do it across a number of different um, types of companies. Right. And the um, and that work is content marketing and content strategy. It's marketing planning. It's demand generation and pipeline acceleration. It's sales and marketing alignment. It's sort of messaging and positioning, market research, sort of the full breadth of things that you would expect. Um, and um, a couple years ago, I decided that I was doing really well in my consulting practice. But there were quite a lot of um, inquiries and interests that I couldn't quite serve. I, there were m more people asking questions than I had time to do on my own. Um, and I didn't want to grow into an agency. It was important to me to, to stay um, as a consultant. And so I wrote Unleash Possible as a way to answer a lot of the common things that came up over and over again, and not just to lay out a theory, but to actually give really practical, hands-on, how-to guidance for individual people or companies that were looking to make the most of their marketing efforts, whether you're a really small organization that has um, you know, sort of every penny I spend counts, every activity I do counts, or you're a really big, complex organization that's trying to corral uh, people to make decisions um, uh, who have very, very different interests and, and requirements and needs. And so this nice. book was sort of my way of uh, trying to tackle those things in a, in a really practical type of guide. 
Cool. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like um, that is right up our alley. We love reading these, these, these marketing books and getting a uh, different perspectives and, and different um, approaches. And um, I, I recommend, you know, that our listeners be voracious readers as Paco and I are. We love just, just picking up marketing books and every, every book you read, you, you get a, a new golden nugget or something that you can apply. And it sounds like there's a lot of um, practical advice in uh, in yours, and that that's definitely what we love here. So, um, so our our you know our listeners are anyone from like we talked about in the Facebook group, Brian, who is a part time business owner. He works a full time job. He runs his computer business part time, all the way up to you know folks who are running um, you know hundreds of thousand dollars in revenue um, businesses with employees and uh, and um, you know B two B type of businesses and stuff like that. So we've got quite a wide uh, swath of of types of business owners, um, but we're, we all share a passion for number one, entrepreneurship and, and running businesses. And secondly, of course, uh, you know, IT and, and computer repairing computers and, and computer services. Um, so for us, from, for our listeners, what, what would you tell them as far as, you know, why they should even care about content marketing and what it can do for them? And maybe just kind of some definitions around what it is. That's a good question. So just I'll sort of start with what I, how I define content marketing. And really all content marketing is, is the use of information to build a relationship and to nurture a relationship with either a customer or a prospective customer. That's at the heart all that content marketing is. And it's developing content that I can reuse across multiple channels and, and multiple different kinds of customers or buyers um, to educate them about not just what I do, although that's a piece of it, but the problems they're trying to solve, how they should be thinking about it to be really useful to that audience. Um, and content marketing is about doing it in a programmatic way that says, mm. I'm going to build out an editorial calendar. I know the most common questions my buyers ask, and I'm going to help answer them in a variety of ways, whether it's a podcast like this, or it's a white paper like Paco was talking about, or a blog post, or even sometimes it's a link to something else that someone else has done. And it's simply making a concerted effort to create and curate and share that content with people. And you'll both distribute it broadly to track people to you. So you might use it in some of your advertising that you're doing, but it might also be in those one-to-one -one exchanges once you've piqued their interest. Now, how do I convert them into a buying customer? Mm -hmm. And how do I help them make a decision to choose my business over the other 10, 50, 60, 18,000, whatever you know, number of companies they can choose to take an approach with? How do yeah. I help them make that decision towards um, not just me, but make a decision and then hopefully towards my business if I'm a good match. And so that's really what content marketing is. Um, we all do content marketing in varieties of ways unintentionally all the time. Right. Um, really the discipline about coming about being thoughtful about it and planning for it so that you can do it in an efficient way and measure what has the most impact for your, mm. for your business and for your customers. Yeah, I like the idea that content marketing takes takes place in lots of different phases of the uh, you know the the client 
a relationship where you know you can use it to attract them initially. Then you can also use it uh, once you know they're a lead. You can use it to nurture that lead and, and talk about more about your business and how you can help them. And then um, even after the sale, you know, following up and that sort of thing is is, is content comes into play. Um, and yeah, that, that's great to kind of think of it more broadly than just you know, hey, I'm going to write a blog post and leave it at that, or write a newsletter and leave it at that. Yeah. It's a really important piece too, especially if you have a recurring revenue model where your customers are people that you want to renew the relationship with you, even if the service you provide might be different than what initially brought them to you. Um, you need to be able to nurture that relationship to constantly be reminding them why they made a good choice to show them what you can offer them just to make sure they're using your product or service. A lot of what we do in technology is somebody will come in for a reason. They have a problem that you solve for them and then that's it. They never sort of interact with you, even if what they've paid for is something broader. And so part of content marketing is make sure that people adopt the product or service that you've sold them well, so that mm. they want to renew their agreement with you. They want to refer their friends to you, right? They want to advocate right. for what it is that you do. They want to be a reference. Yeah, I, I, study. In those kind of situations, and even I've experienced it as a customer of certain recurring services where once they get you on the service, then you never hear from them again. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, you spent all this, like I saw all this, these newsletters and emails and, and all this stuff from you to get me to buy. And now that I've bought into it, what do I do? How do I, you know, how am I, how do I become effective with this? And you never hear from them. And that's yep. something to th really think about. It's really important in a subscription economy, right, where I'm buying a service that I need to renew or I'm buying a product that I need to put an add-on for or buy a secondary product. Um, we have to make sure that the, the, we spend a lot of time and money getting them to be a customer. It could be a lot less expensive to getting them to be a bigger customer than if we let them go and now try and find somebody for the first time. Finding somebody for the first time is always more expensive, and there's studies that a variety of numbers. It's always more to track somebody for the first time than mm. to um, get them to buy something from you again if they've had a good experience. Um, and, yep. and to drive renewals, right? So some of what people do is they will recommend you to their peers if they've had a good experience, but it is easier for them to introduce you to other people if they also have content to share, right? So not just, hey, this product is great, but hey, I know you're working on XYZ. Here's a white paper you thought me to. Oh, by the way, the company that produced it is really great. I love them, right? right? Content marketing is also about enabling that kind of referral business. And I, I know for myself, virtually 100% of my business is referral. There's a little bit that comes from speaking opportunities or people who've read my book who then reach out to me um, or some other um, light marketing things that I do, but it's almost all referral business. And um, those customers are not only less expensive to attract because they've been referred to me, but they're also of higher quality. They're a much better fit for me because the person who introduced them is someone who knows what I do well, right? right. So they've sort of done the work of qualifying that, um, that person and that opportunity for me. I like the idea of using content marketing as a driver of referrals, and yeah. uh, it's I, I haven't really thought of it that way, but I, I can think of you know services that I've used, um, like by Neil Patel, who I'll see a blog post of his, his and I'll get to know him through his content, um, and that's been shared to me because I, I you know I'd heard of him because someone else, one of my peers, shared his content with me. Same with I think uh, Moz, you know they have a great blog and. Someone had shared, you know, a Moz article with me uh, when I was looking into SEO stuff, and I'm like, "Oh wow, this Moz looks 
like a great company and then I started digging in and then I ended up using their services. And so that's, that's a great point is to make your content, you know, good enough to where people will share it and then turn that into a referral engine in itself. And that requires doing something that's really hard for most of us, which is to not talk about ourselves very much in that content <laughs> and what our service is and to avoid the temptation to be making it about what we do right. and to be making it about adding value. And it has to be related to our business, right? I'm not, I, I don't write about amusement parks because I sell marketing to complex <laughs> businesses who have complex products and services that they sell to people over long duration sales processes. So I could write about amusement parks. I have four kids. We've been to a lot of them. But it's not really going to help my business if that, that gets shared, right? And, and in fact, I do some mom-oriented content because I enjoy doing that. Mm, nice. um, but it doesn't help my business. It's not a business-related thing. That's a hobby that I do on the side. So we need to re- write things that are related, but not about me, right? Because my, my customers and my friends and people I've met in my network are more likely to share research they're more likely to share a case study. They're more likely to share a how-to guide than they are my product data sheet. Right. Right. And that's kind of, I guess, what you have to figure out is what what do your target customers like sharing? Yes. And what content do I'm they like? I'm so glad you said that. I just, um, uh, but an hour before we got together today, I was with coffee with a very small technology company. They've basically built a event management system and they have a couple of customers and that's it. They're, they're looking to grow. And we were talking and I had met with them about three months prior and I told them that they didn't understand their buyers enough and they had to go out and do these interviews and they had to share what they were thinking of publishing and get feedback. And they're like, no, you're right. Just follow your advice. I'm like, no. And they, <laughs> and they went off and begrudgingly rolled their eyes at me and like, I can't believe Samantha's making me do this. Um, but they did it. And we got together today, three months later, and um, one of the gentlemen looked me in the eye and says, I was really annoyed at you because you were telling me to go do something that I didn't think I needed to do. But you know what? You were 100% right because I went out and had conversations and we learned a ton that we didn't know. And that applies to product design and service design, but it also applies to content marketing. We often create content in our head and build an editorial calendar And we never do the most obvious thing, which is to go put it in front of people we expect to read it and see what they think. Is this something you'd be interested in? Uh Um, And it is the simplest thing we can do, both at the here's what I'm thinking of writing stage and then also at the stage where I have drafts. I don't Mm. I want to send my content to someone who I'm trying to convince of something and see if it did its job before I publish. Um, we tend, because it's so easy to publish content today, whether it's a video or it's a blog post or it's even a white paper, it's so easy to do. We sort of write it. Maybe we send it to somebody to proofread, get another set of eyes, and then we, we go live. Um, and if we don't do that, if we take just one simple step and even show it to two people who you expect to read, it doesn't have to be hundreds or dozens, it always gets better. I do this. I don't do this for every blog post, right? But I do it for my big assets. If I'm writing an ebook or I'm writing a research yep. paper, I do it for those things. And I always get feedback that helps make it better. And now I also have a couple people who feel invested in the content and they're more like, share it, right? Yeah, so that's, that's sort of double duty on that. Yeah, I think the biggest piece on that is one piece I took away was understanding who your customer is going to be and who is your customer now. And for those that are starting out and just really don't know, 
who that is. That's where we talk about building your avatar, building who is your ideal customer. And if you already have a few customers that you'd like more of, those are going to be the pool of people you show this type of content. And that's the feedback you want to get because you definitely don't want to go ahead and pick a couple of your random customers that maybe not fit the profile that you're trying to get. I can think of several of mine that probably are my favorite customers to have, and I would love more of those. And those would be the people I'd get the feedback from them. Because if any of my other customers gave me negative feedback, I really don't care, and for better words, because <laughs> I prefer to have more of the customers that, that are my ideal customers or avatars that I've set out for my business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we use the term, I use the term persona, which is uh, equivalent to your avatar as you're describing in, in the book. And um, it's really important that we don't just take customers, we get strategic about who we want to serve. And um, I always serve people that I can do a better job than someone else. And I'm not just going to do a good job, but I'm going to stand out because I've done an ex exceptional job with their work because I understand their business enough to not just deliver on my things, but to be have a conversation to talk with them that feel like I can add some value on top of the specific deliverable that I'm sending to them. And that's a really um, important part of content marketing is to do that work to understand what challenges those people have, what questions they're trying to get answered. How can I help them do that with credibility, right? Um, right. Don't write about things that we don't know about, right? Um, they may have that question, but if I can't answer it with any competence, we shouldn't answer that question, Right? We should focus on the things in the areas where we can add real value. So, um, so let's dig into the, uh, the editorial calendar piece of it. Yes. So I know, you know um, this part of where you like share the, the post with a few people first to get feedback, um, a lot of people might feel like, well, I don't have time for that. Or I know a lot of feedback I get from people who are reluctant to, to you know, write blog posts or put together a newsletter, they just say, "I just don't have time for this." And I think maybe you know, figuring out how to how to schedule it and and structure it in a way that that you you can just like anything else in your day fit it in um, would be beneficial. So so, what are your thoughts around that, and how can people like kind of get started? You're absolutely right. One of the biggest challenges is I don't have time to do that. And you think, like, I even think of myself, I'm a single consultant. I don't have a team. Why do I need to write down an editorial calendar? It's me. But you know what? When I don't write it down, it doesn't get done, and it certainly doesn't get done with quality. So my advice to people always is you are far – there's nothing magical about sending content every day or every week, right? What's magical is quality of the content that you produce. And um, it used to be you just needed to get stuff done, right? When we first sort of went into social media and blogging and that, it was like you got to do it every day. You got to do it every day. This is, but the truth is there's so much glut right now that for some people doing it every day will be great, but for the vast majority of us, focus on creating really good things. And if that means you produce something once a month and it's really good, yep. produce something once a month. If you can do it um, every week, do it every week. Um, but it's more important that you're creating content that is valuable to the people that you're trying to serve than that you're creating content. Just checking right. off things off a list doesn't work. And so you do want to, and look, an editorial calendar, I can um, share a link with your readers if they're interested in a, in a template that they can use. Um, take some upfront planning, but once you've written down, here's what I'm doing, here's the formats I'm going to support, here's the channels that I'm going to distribute it to, it actually makes the process go faster. Mm. Um, and it doesn't feel that way, but the, the act of planning it, the act of measuring it um, is, is there. And so I always tell people that the very best place to start, if I've got close to nothing, is 
A, you have content you don't know you have. So go back and do a real audit of maybe not things you've published publicly, but look at your proposals you've sent to clients. Look at internal memos that you've written. Look at email chains that you've had back and forth with a client. You have more content than you think you do. So do a real audit of everything that's ever been produced and, and try and um, figure out what you have that you can already use. The second thing is map out that buyer's journey. How do they interact with me? What questions are they asking along the way? And then create just one piece of content for each of those stages of the buying process. Just one. Right? Just do one good one. Over time, you'll add to that. You'll do more. But if you have just one a really great piece of content for each stage of that journey, you're going to be in great shape. Now, does that content need to be a video, a white paper, an ebook, an article? Um, that's going to depend on your audience. It's going to depend on what you are comfortable doing, the medium. Some people are really great videos or audio, but to get them to sit down and write a paper is like pulling teeth. Right. And takes so long that they never do it. So use the medium that works for you and for your audience. I like to mix it up because I think that people respond to different types of content differently. So it's nice to have variety. But if I'm reluctant to get on camera and it's stopping me from getting on camera, forget video. Like, I don't think it should stop you because, you know, we all have a different things. But, but if it does, move on and get to the medium that works for you. And the reality is that the vast majority of people who build an audience actually do it on a single channel, right? They, right. they are a YouTube star. They're not a star. They're an Instagram influencer. They're not an influencer, right? There's a channel they've developed a relationship with their audience in. And you can do the same thing for your content marketing and for your business. It's great to have variety. And if you can, I strongly recommend a mix of media. But if that is... If you're preventing you from creating content, move to a single channel. Right. And then so with the, um, with the, the, the calendar itself, are you, how, how detailed should you get with that? Should you, you know, put, block out a time every Tuesday afternoon at five o'clock where you're going to spend an hour uh, writing a blog post and publishing it and then an hour on Wednesday to share it around? And uh, is, is there like a, a proven formula for that or is it just kind of just whatever works for you? I think you need to write down your editorial calendar. It has to be pretty rigid about here's the content I'm producing. Here's who it's for. Here's the format I'm going to deliver it in, whether it's a, you know, and here's the channels I'm going to share it. And here's the date that I'm going to do those things. Okay. Whether so you block consistent. out your calendar or not is going to be sort of a personal organizational skills. I do. Right. I have on my calendar writing time. Now, I don't always honor it, right? But, <laughs> right? but because it's on my calendar, I have to move the appointment. So I'm like, oh, Thursday at five, I'm supposed to write my blog post. Uh-oh, I can't do that. Let me move it to Friday at five. But it's a, it's a constant effort and a conscious effort for me to be consistent. So you do need to write it down because here's the thing. You can publish every day, every week, every month, but you have to be consistent. If you want to build an audience, consistency is very important. And so you really should avoid being haphazard about it. But of course, only if you get to a week where you're supposed to be it and you have nothing important to say, don't make stuff up, right? Don't force it. Oh, yeah. you know, don't, don't force it. But by writing down a calendar and planning for it, you shouldn't get yourself in that situation very often because you'll have the, you'll have a kernel and I often will say, okay, here's, 
I do like once a quarter, once a month, really, a big tool. Once a month, I, I share a tool of some kind, some checklist, some calculator, a, a new research paper, something substantial. And then I always have a list of blog articles that I want to write, some of which I'm actively working on and some of which I'm not. So when I get to some place that I've got kind of writer's block, what I'm working on isn't working, I'm just for whatever reason, or I've just... Some, I need something different to work on. I have a list of things to go to now that I can go pick from. And in my pick list is a list of source, links to articles that inspired it, idea, you know, just one or two bullets that are topics related to that. So I always have a pool that's relevant, right, nice. yeah. for my audience that I can go go pull from. And I'm not very you know, I'll be honest, I used to be really rigid about every week publishing a blog. I'm not doing that as much because for my audience, I've found that the tools that I send once a month are really where they engage with me. Mm. So I've, I'm not doing the blogs as much as I used to. And that's okay, because I found the people that connect with me really want these hands-on resources. And that's not something I'm going to produce every week. It's, right. it's not possible to do a good job of it. Yep. Um, and, and I don't need to. Um, but I do still blog occasionally and I still do a lot on social. I still do social posts, maybe not every day, um, but I now have four years, actually seven years worth of content. So I also have all, if you've done this right and you've written the content in a thoughtful planned way and not just, oh, I've got to whip this off. I can at any point in time now have a library of things to reshare with people who didn't look at it the first time. And let's nice. be honest, yeah. I wish everybody I knew read everything <laughs> like my mother does, right? Because my right. mom does, you know, she's great. She reads everything. And then she signs me private notes, so it's not public. She's very cute. Um, and she tells me how proud she is of me. And I love it. She should keep doing that. But um, the reality is that we, um, we, there's this rich repository of really relevant content that I can reshare because most people don't look at it when I send it the first time or make yep. it available the first time. And so I can, as an event, sometimes it's a conference that comes up, even if I'm not attending, I know I've done some research or have an article that's relevant, I can now slide it in. Or I'm in a sales engagement where I know their pain point is something I've written about before. So now I go back and go, hey, you might like this article I wrote. It's a couple years old, but I think it relates to what we've been talking about. Right. And um, in doing that, I've found um, as I've built up this library, it's a much easier process. I also can whip out speaking sessions much easier now, right? I have a library of white papers, ebooks, and research. They make great um, pitches for a conference, right? And that, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a reason to start you know, content marketing now so you can build up that library of stuff that you yes. can go back to. And if you, you know, want to give YouTube a try and you're not sure what to talk about, you can go back to an yeah. old blog post and, and talk about the, the same topic. Yeah. It, it's cool. hugely valuable. Like I said, it does take it, but don't let it, don't get scared by, oh, I've got to have a 90-day editorial calendar. It's got to have 50 things on it. Don't, don't let right. that happen. Just pick a schedule. Pick things and then go send them to your audience. Sit down with them. Do a video conference with them. Ask them over the phone. Do a survey, however you want to do it collect feedback and prioritize. Their feedback is your prioritization. They will tell you how to rank order what you develop. And I promise you it'll be different than what you think it should be. <laughs> uh, I'm always surprised. And here's why. Because we, even unintentionally, always prioritize the things that are about driving sales for us. But yet, that is not always the most important content for our audience. For the audience, so, yep. 
for we us, yes. Right? The audience, right? Right? But in the end, it becomes the most important content for us. It's just yeah. our natural instinct is to do the things that talk about ourselves and are directly tied to a deal or an opportunity. Right. And sometimes that single opportunity is distracting us from actually the, the full audience. Paco, you talked about before, like focusing on the ideal customer profile that we are strategic for us. We want customers that are repeatable business for us, not just customers. Yes. Um, and I get cash flow. I Sometimes we take business because you need to take business. But if we can be strategic about it, um, the things you should write about are going to become much more natural and you're going to find patterns. And then later you get this great library. Right? right, of things that I can now reuse. But you got to start somewhere. So start somewhere. Is, you know, um, don't let the big picture, long-term thing stop you. And the in, your listeners are perfect for this kind of work because they're in technology. How to do something is completely relevant for your audience and their customers. And the more, sometimes you feel like, I don't want to give away how to do it because they're not going to then pay me to do it. Right. Um, And that's my business is to do these things. But the things that they are capable of doing often are teach them how to do it. Right. In my own experience, most of the time, they're not going to want to do it anyways. They're just going to appreciate like what's involved in doing it. (laughs) And then they're willing to pay you because they know what it is. Right. And for those who can do it on their own, they probably wouldn't pay you much anyways, or they wouldn't be a recurring customer for you because if they could have done it, learn from you how to do it once, and they're probably not going to pay you again. So become the expert. Right, and the content is a way to show your expertise and to um, help people understand how to solve whatever their immediate problem is, and also their longer term opportunities. Yeah, strive for strive for clients, not customers, because obviously customers are going to be one time deals. Clients, obviously, depending on how you get it, they're either going to champion for you or, like you mentioned, be recurring in some type of monetary way. Yep. And this podcast yeah. is a perfect example of it, right? You're doing yeah, exactly uh, that right now. You're doing content marketing right now. Right. And I was going to mention, you know, Lisa Hendrickson, who we had a guest on a couple episodes ago, is a perfect example of this. She has built up an awesome blog. Um, and she gets, you know, she shows up first in Google for all of the keywords that she um, is, is, looking for. And that's basically just because of what we've been talking about here, consistency. Um, She does a lot of how-to articles. Every time she encounters a new uh, error in Outlook or something like that, she'll blog about how to fix it. And then bam, it shows up and and people are looking for it, you know, because it's the hot thing and and people are finding her. So that that's a great example. If you guys haven't heard that uh, episode yet, go back and listen to that episode with Lisa Hendrickson. She's walking the walk as far as this is concerned, as far as good content and consistent content. And one of the things I'll also mention is sometimes we're a little intimidated because we don't yet have an audience. And so it feels like I'm going to create this asset and who's going to listen to it or watch it or know about it. Um, and so there are opportunities for you to take portions of that content or the content itself and also syndicated in other places, right? To get somebody a bylined article in a publication, right? Or on a guest post on someone else's blog. You do want to build your own audience in your own site, but sometimes you got to push things out there so people know about you. And mm-hmm. um, guest blogging for other people is a really wonderful way to do that. And most other people are looking for content, right? It's why you invite guests, right? For your audience, you want to serve right. your audience well and, um, there are topics maybe that are not your expertise and you want to bring people in. And it's the same thing on people's blogs. And so I encourage people to not just say, I've got to keep this just on my site, but be open to um, sharing that content in other formats and other forums. And yeah. let, let that grow and, um, from there. 
Cool. Well, before we run out of time, I do want to uh, talk about your book a little bit because uh, it, it sounds awesome. And um, it's called Unleash Possible. And I, I was just curious what, what that title means to you and why you, why you titled the book that. To me, Unleash Possible has sort of been a tagline for my consulting practice from the beginning. And it's really about that we have so much potential within ourselves as individuals and then with our businesses. And we often let our fear, um, not knowing how to do something, internal politics, our long to-do list, we let a lot of things stop us from doing something that we think is difficult, hard, we don't think we can do. And to me, this, the whole book and the whole premise is you can do a lot more than you think you can. And this is about un- un- letting yourself do that and figuring out what to prioritize and how to do some of the things that are foundational to being able to um, grow your business substantially. Yeah, we, we really can be our own worst enemy when it comes to yeah. this stuff and kind of get, have to get out of our own way sometimes. So um, I, I hear that the way you open the book is a little unique. Can you talk a, a little bit about how you, you start the book and, and what, what that does for folks? Yeah, um, it, it opens with uh, a CEO, a CMO, and a, um, an investor walk into a room. And that's sort of the, the first page. And, <laughs> it's not a joke. Uh, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It, it feels like a joke, right? But um, the opportunity there is... Um, And then there are three forewords. Yes, not surprisingly, an investor, a CMO, and a CEO were kind enough to give an award. And the reason that I did that was that so much of our business and so much of what we do um, relates to different parts of the organization working together. And marketing really sits at the crossroads of those those three things, those functions, as well as sales, of course, is, is an important role. And so I wanted to not have a single person write about marketing. I really wanted to use it in the context of running a business. And so this was my way of, of um, introducing what would be carried through thematically in the rest of the book is that marketing is about driving my business forward and growth. It's not just about how do I, it's, the book actually doesn't talk about how do I run a PPC yet. There's plenty of places you can learn that. Right. It talks about how do I get to know my buyers? How do I build a content strategy, right? Yeah. How do I determine um, how, what I should be measuring in marketing, right? Those are the one. things yeah. that this is, how do I align with sales? Those are the things that are in here um, and they are not just the responsibility of marketing. They're the responsibility of the organization. And so that's why I um, was fortunate to sort of start it in a slightly different way than normal. Cool, I like that. I, I like getting different perspectives on the same topic from different roles in an organization or different types of businesses or whatever. Um, cause that gives you, I, th- I think a deeper understanding of whatever topic you're talking about. Um, so, so that's cool. So, um, I definitely encourage folks to check that out. We'll have a link to where you can get that book in the show notes. Um, and, and how can folks reach out to you if they want to see what you're up to or if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best place you can find me in the usual places. So I'm on Twitter at, at Samantha Stone. I'm also on LinkedIn at Samantha Stone Marketing. It's my URL there. Um, and if you want more information, as well as a bunch of free tools, right, links to the blog, lots of templates and checklists and editorial calendars and things, you can go to unleashpossible.com. So there's information there about the book, but there's also all these other rich resources. And I encourage people to use them. Um, to ask questions. That's why I produce it. So I welcome um, your feedback as well as your inquiries about how to apply any of this to your own business. Cool. And, and you're also um, generous enough to have a free editorial content template that folks can download. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. 
Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Your your passion for this topic is contagious. I appreciate uh, you joining us and, and getting us fired up about content marketing. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Don't forget to leave a review of the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. Be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback. And if you leave a review and then send an email to mail at techsitebuilder.com and let me know you left a review, send a screenshot of that. I'll send you a free copy of my ebook, How to Quit Your Job and Start a Computer Business. All right. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Mixmax and Tech Blog Builder. Thank you for checking out uh, this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. Mm-hmm.